and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 94, Choosing Discomfort Over... It's pretty remarkable to me that we are at episode 94. Right now I'm recording on December 10th, 2023. This episode will come out a few days from now. We're going to actually hit episode 100 in January of 2024, which is really exciting. It was not something that I really thought I could do to start a podcast, but I certainly never thought that we would get to 100 episodes uh, or more than 100 episodes, because of course, I'm not planning to stop at 100. Um, So I wanted to just acknowledge and celebrate that a little bit, because that's something that I teach my clients to do. And it's something that I am working on, right? We celebrate our wins as we go along. We say, well done, congratulations. I did that. I accomplished that. Um, I worked hard for it. Uh, And I want to say thank you to you as well for listening. Uh, we hit over 15,000 downloads a few weeks ago, and that is also truly remarkable to be putting something out there and to know that people are listening. So thank you for those of you who are listening and sharing. Thank you, those of you who are leaving a rating and a review so that other people can uh, find the podcast and listen. Thank you, especially to those of you who are sharing episodes with other people. It really means a lot to me, and I'm so glad to be doing this work. So let's go ahead and dive into today's topic, which is choosing discomfort over dot, dot, dot. And we have the ellipsis, the dot, dot, dot there, because when we are doing this work, when we are looking at our lives and exploring it through the lens of coaching, whatever vein of coaching you're receiving, we are often embracing discomfort if we're going to move forward, right? Our brains love comfort and habits. And those things exist for very good reasons. We want to not have to use a lot of brain energy every day to remember to brush our teeth. We want to be able to just have some automatic habits that just flow along easily. But the problem is But it's so easy for us to develop habits that don't actually serve us. They may be relatively comfortable in that they're default, right? They they just sort of naturally fall from the way that we think. But changing habits, even if those habits are going to ultimately serve us much better, creates some discomfort. And so we're going to dive into a little bit of this topic more today where we might choose discomfort over something else. The first place that we're going to look at this is choosing to have discomfort over fear. Fear is something that absolutely keeps many of us stuck. And I'll call it fear, but let's also throw anxiety into that. So many physicians that I encounter, you know, tell me that they're a highly anxious person. 
that it seems like no one else around them is, you know, so anxious. And, and I don't want to discount the very real effect that anxiety has on us. But I do think it's interesting that so many of us think that we are the only one who has that level of anxiety. I consider myself a highly anxious person. People often tell you, oh, you seem so calm. Oh, you seem so relaxed. I do not feel that way inside. And I know that many of you feel that way as well. Part of it is the energy that we've needed to have in order to be high achievers and frankly, often people pleasers and perfectionists. All of those things felt very necessary and a high level of anxiety felt very necessary to get where we are. But unfortunately, you know, the huge downside there is that we might constantly be afraid to try things. And that's very real, of course, in some of the things that we have needed to try, whether it's procedures or prescribing a new medicine or learning some, you know, some kind of new care model or just just taking care of humans and their messy bodies that don't always behave themselves or people's behaviors that don't always, you know, support what we're asking them to do. We can have very real impact and consequence for people because this work is such a high level of responsibility. And I don't want to say that other professions don't have, you know, a significantly high level of responsibility because some do. But, but we're talking about bodies here, right? And if somebody doesn't have a body anymore, right? If we have damaged a body, there is often no, no do over for that. Whereas if somebody loses all their finances, if they become bankrupt, certainly that can lead to very dire situations. But people are generally speaking able to make money again, but they are not able to make a new body. So there's there's a very real tangible element to our fear and anxiety because we have been trained, obviously, to take this as a very important responsibility. We don't want to mess things up. We don't want to harm people. You know, first do no harm, right? That is that is our you know, collectives, oh, it's not great, it's our creed, I don't know, which is the right word there. But because we know that we have the capacity to hurt people if we are not careful, we often have this very high level of fear and anxiety. And we may feel the same level of fear and anxiety over things that are not nearly as serious or, you know, requiring such a high level of responsibility you know, as taking care of the human body. For example, this podcast. Starting this podcast was a huge exercise in discomfort for me. I don't really like being on camera. I don't like the sound of my voice. There are many things that I had to push past. And truth be told, I don't really listen to the podcast myself, which, you know, I I have listened to... I'm going to say about three episodes at different times for different reasons. And cringing as I do, right? Because so many of us don't like the sounds of our own voices. But in order to do something like this, in order to do something that was way outside my comfort zone, obviously I needed to step into discomfort. I needed to be willing to feel discomfort and willing to, you know, feel fear, but decide to do it anyway. You know, maybe I'm choosing choosing discomfort and fear, choosing to dare my fear, choosing to not let fear, you know, kind of override me in that. 
But that comes up a lot for many of us because I know that many of you who are listening have things that you would like to do. Perhaps you want to start your own business. Perhaps you, you know, want to explore some new area in medicine. Perhaps you want to try for a promotion. Perhaps you want to try to become pregnant, right? There are many things going on in our lives that we might be afraid of. To decide to do them, we're going to have to be willing to face the discomfort that goes along with them. So I just want us to really connect that when we take these steps, we don't need fear to go away. We don't need anxiety to go away in order to move forward. But, you know, kind of accepting the discomfort that they're coming with us. And yes, let's do things to, you know, lessen our fear about things that are not life-threatening. He thinks that we don't really need that degree of panic over. Yes, let's absolutely work on that, right? Let's get the treatment that we need. Let's work on the thoughts. You know, let's, let's help to regulate our nervous systems for sure. But let's not let fear and anxiety hold us back anymore. Another place where either this comes up is when we carry a lot of resentment. And this often happens when we are conditioned as people pleasers, where, you know, for a while we are, of course, you know, putting people's needs above our own and we're doing, doing, doing for other people. As we are displaying that we're highly reliable, we're, you know, highly accomplished people, we're very good at solving problems. What happens? Well, we get more problems brought to us. We get more people seeking help from us. You know, if we start a family, then we are bringing in little dependents that are coming with us. We might have other family members or friends that we're caring for. We might have pets. You know, we may have staff that we're responsible for as their employer or, you know, staff that we are unofficially the leaders of. You know, if you're an employed, you don't directly hire or fire people, but you are somewhat responsible for leading the team, you know, as the, the highest uh, licensure. And when we are constantly doing for other people and constantly receiving their problems and constantly having people, you know, sort of expect us to do things for them and not, not really taking any action on their own, over time, we will nearly all of us develop resentment, frustration, right? This sense of why don't people see how hurt I'm working? When we are starting to set boundaries, this is a topic we talk a lot about. We are going to need to embrace and accept that we will feel a lot of discomfort in doing so. We're going to feel uncomfortable saying no. We're going to feel uncomfortable not saying yes, seeing the smile and getting the dopamine hit that has come to us. We're going to have discomfort in awkward silences when people don't know how to react when we've said no or or we haven't said yes. We're going to feel discomfort if there is silence because we'll feel the need to explain and explain and explain, oh, but I can't, and, you know, come up with excuses when, when really no is a complete sentence. And we're working on boundaries, a polite, firm, no, I won't be able to do that. Done is going to be way more helpful and way more effective than, oh gosh, well, you know, I want to, I want to help out, but my son's soccer game, or maybe, maybe I have to take my mom to the, 
you know, and we just like come up with this rambling story or just overshare or explain away all the things. We don't, we don't need to do that. But we may need to practice saying no. We may need to come up with some simple scripts and we're going to need to be willing to sit in the discomfort of maintaining the no, right? And not pulling it back when that's really the right thing for us. And this comes up a lot for people. It's uncomfortable to say no if you're used to saying yes. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a person who can't have boundaries. That doesn't mean that the other person is wrong for asking. But it's going to be uncomfortable. That's okay. It's a change from what we normally do. Because what we normally have done is to say yes. Or, you know, to be really sort of squishy and mushy about it. And then and then people just assume that we're doing it. I think we've, many of us, had experiences where, you know, we've been sort of rolled into a project or, you know, joining a committee or things like that because we didn't have a firm no or a no thank you for whatever verbiage you want to put it in. We have to see this as a trade. If I want to stop feeling resentful that so many people are expecting these things of me, that so many people are, you know, expecting me to solve their problems, fix their feelings, fix their situations, handle all 17 things in one appointment, etc. If I want to stop feeling resentful so much of the time, I'm going to need to be willing to feel the discomfort. And again, the discomfort is not a sign that anything has gone wrong. The discomfort is just normal human experience of changing my habit, people-pleasing, gaining some experience with saying no. All of those things are uncomfortable. It's just normal. But I got to be willing to feel it. I got to be willing to see that the discomfort is not a sign that there's a problem. Another place where... We need to embrace discomfort is choosing discomfort over compromising our integrity. And this may or may not be an issue for you, but I think, again, many of us have had the experience where someone is asking us for something that we don't think is right. And again, those people-pleasing parts of us, you know, we, we want to make others happy. We want to you know, go along. We want to have this be a conversation, but sometimes what they're asking for is just not okay, or it's not within our values. And it's uncomfortable to say no. But again, that doesn't mean it's wrong. This is a different side of the coin, right? It doesn't mean that we're wrong. I had a situation come up not too long ago. I live in Washington state. We've had medical marijuana for quite a, quite a number of years, right? And people can still go to a dispensary and I don't know all the ins and outs, but if you have a medical marijuana card, then you go to a dispensary and my patient told me, well, then I don't have to pay sales tax. Okay, well, there's that side of things. But I also know that in Washington state, recreational marijuana has been legal also for quite some time. And so I hadn't been asked for a medical marijuana card in quite some time. And looking back, I'm trying to think, I probably signed one or two for patients who had cancer many years ago before the recreational laws had 
come to pass. But it wasn't a part of my regular practice. It wasn't something that I personally felt comfortable with. And recently, a patient asked me, well, would I sign her medical marijuana card? Because she checked the list of indications for medical marijuana and anxiety was on there. So she just needed me to sign the medical marijuana card. And I said, no, I don't offer that. And she said, but you're my doctor. And I said, yes, that's true. And, you know, I know that recreational marijuana is available. And I also know that there are many prescribers, you know, out there for medical marijuana cards, right? It become, came sort of a cottage industry in our area with medical marijuana it was legalized. And so I know it's not that difficult to get a medical marijuana card. And I know that it's not that difficult to get marijuana. And she was really puzzled as to why I wouldn't sign it. And I said, that's just not a treatment that I support. And I know there are other avenues for you to go and get it. It was uncomfortable, of course, to sit there. And this is, you know, maybe perhaps a kind of a silly example, but it was uncomfortable to sit there and say no and to need to defend myself. But I also knew that that just wasn't a can of worms that I was willing to open. I also know that, you know, to me, that isn't the right treatment for anxiety. And I'm not going to stop her from getting that treatment, but I'm also just not going to be the one who, you know, sort of endorses it either. And that's okay. I also choose to not very commonly prescribe antibiotics. I do prescribe them when I believe they're indicated. I really follow the guidelines. But I have learned to be comfortable with having that conversation about how they're not indicated. And again, that might be still like a, like a minor example. But this is something that comes up in primary care all the time, right? Where there are many treatments or medications, and not just primary care, of course that people are asking for, and you know they're not indicated. You may feel like there are some harms associated with it. And we're in this weird state of affairs, right, where there are Google reviews of us and Prescani scores and all of this customer service push, right, that may make us feel like we should just prescribe something that people are asking for. This is very real. It's very frustrating for people. And if you are not willing to sit in the discomfort of saying no to somebody there, then you're going to end up compromising your integrity, at least at times. For most of us, there is going to be some discord there. Now, maybe some people are completely comfortable and they just have no problem saying no. But again, if you're here, chances are high that you're a people pleaser like myself. And this is uncomfortable for us. Of course, there are many much more serious examples of this that happen to us. But I think we need to, again, understand that saying no to people, saying no to things, specific things that people are requesting that are to alignment with your values, and it could be, you know, completely outside of work as well. We need to be able to choose to be uncomfortable, to be willing to risk you know, upsetting somebody, not meeting their expectations in order to stay within our integrity. That's just a part of the game, just a part of the process. We can't see other people's displeasure, not meeting other people's expectations as a barrier to maintaining our integrity. It's really important that we don't compromise that. And again, not to say that we're perfect and we never make mistakes or we never make compromises, 
But just to say, this is something that can come up over and over and over again. And learning to accept the discomfort, even if, even if it never becomes comfortable, it may never become comfortable for me. You know, even just thinking of the podcast again, right? I am always uncomfortable sitting down to record for you. I don't know why you think that, again, episode 94, I would have gotten over it. No, I still am uncomfortable. No, I choose to sit down to it anyway. And that's just the reality. And it may never get comfortable with me. That's okay. Because I accept that discomfort. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with, you know, being a business owner. I'm okay with being a podcaster. I'm okay with speaking even though all of these things make me incredibly uncomfortable. I'm okay with them because I just see it as a normal part of the process, right? I didn't study being a business you know, owner or being a podcaster for the many, many years that I you know, studied medicine. And you know, to be honest, like I come up against things in medicine all the time that I'm uncomfortable with, right? Primary care is a lot of undifferentiated conditions coming through. You know, stuff happens. We get uncomfortable with it. We learn, we move on. But just to say that if you are out there, if you are experiencing these times when fear and anxiety or, you know, simmering resentment and frustration or what feels like constant compromises to your integrity are happening, I invite you to sit down and really think about what's going on in that circumstance, right? What are the thoughts that you're having? What are the emotions coming up? And look and see, are you willing to feel discomfort and change the course? Because of course you will keep the resentment, right? You can keep not making a change and staying put. You don't have to choose discomfort. But if you're willing to choose discomfort, the chances of you being able to feel less resentment is high, right? Because you're moving along a path. I don't know about you. I am pretty used to feeling discomfort now, and so I'm okay with it. (laughs) But I also very consciously don't see it as a sign that something's gone wrong. I sometimes think I'm a little silly for still feeling it. But, you know, I choose to look at myself with kindness and just say, this is okay. You know, I don't come from people who have podcasts and speak up in this way. I don't come from people who own businesses. You know, I don't, I don't come from people who've been physicians. There's a lot that's happened in my life that has been new experiences and uncomfortable in many ways. And that's probably true of you as well. Choose to flip the way that you see discomfort. Choose to allow it to be there, right? Choose to say, I'm not willing to feel this level of resentment all the time. I'm not willing to compromise my integrity. I'm not willing to let fear and anxiety keep holding me back from things that I want to do. The discomfort is not that bad. And we can move right through it. We can bring it along for the ride. I love this analogy that, you know, discomfort, fear, anxiety, they can come along with me, but they're not driving the car. Right? They're in the back seat. They're not navigating. They're not driving. They're not even picking the music that's playing. They're just along for the ride. I don't need them to go away in order to move forward, and neither do you. 
Let's just accept that they're there. They're with us. They're a part of us. Sure, we can work on, you know, helping to diminish their volume, right? To acknowledge them. Thank you, fear. You think I'm going to fall flat on my face. You think I'm going to end up bankrupt and homeless. I hear you. But I'm choosing to do this anyway. I'll take care of it. I've got my own back. Yep, it's uncomfortable to take these steps, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thank you, fear. Shut up. (laughs) That's maybe how I would talk to my fear. But my friends, that's what I have for you today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And can't wait to bring you episode 95 and making the march onto 100. Haven't figured out what episode 100 is going to be yet. But if you have any particular ideas, I'd love to hear them. You can send me a message at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at healthierforgood.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day. And until next week, take care. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.